look at verses 7 to 14 in, in just a few moments. But this is a powerful passage that Jesus shows us our attitude, what our attitude is to be like as his followers. But before we read, let me just ask this question of you. Have you ever been seated in the place of honor? Has anybody ever gotten to sit in a place of honor somewhere? Well, in Ethiopia, as a pastor, I get to sit in the place of honor all the time. Everywhere I get invited to, they want me to sit in the place of honor. But the place of honor, typically, in a room like this, in a sanctuary, this is the place of honor right here. I get to sit here looking out at everybody out there. How many want to sit up here this morning? Anybody feel comfortable? Okay. I don't like it much either, to be honest. But then there comes a, play, a point in time where they'll say then, uh, Pastor Jerry, as the person of honor this morning, we would also like you to preach a little sermon. And that makes me even more uncomfortable because you would think I would go prepared to these things over time, but I never do, and I'm always on the spot. The best part of sitting in the place of honor, the only real perk is typically you get to be first in line for the food. Um, but outside of that, it's not the place where I want to be. Well, this morning we're going to read Luke chapter 14 and see what Jesus tells us about sitting in the place of honor. And he gives a bit different perspective on it here. So if you will join me, we're going to read starting in verse 7 and we'll read to verse 14. When Jesus noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all the other guests, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is a gift to us. We pray this morning that you would encourage us, challenge us, transform us by your word and by your spirit. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus' teaching here leads us into a different way. It leads us into the kingdom way. You see, people then were similar to now. They wanted to choose their own place of honor. They wanted to look successful and gain attention, gain fame, be secure. They wanted to grow in power. Banquets were like business lunches where you made connections with other people in hopes that one day they're going to pay you back and they would pay you back socially and in business. 
If you could draw attention to how important you were, then you could look successful and worthy throughout the community. But notice what Jesus says to us in verses 7 to 9, first of all. He says, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. The first thing I believe Jesus is inviting us towards here is for us to find my security in Jesus alone. Jesus says to us, he says, choose the last seat. The seat closest to the host was for the most important person who had been invited to the banquet. But the last seat is for the loser in the room. He was the last person to get invited to the banquet. He almost didn't make it in the door. And Jesus says to us, choose that place. This is the place of self-examination for all of us. It is, where do I typically choose to sit? Because if I am caught up making something of myself, gaining power, trying to look successful, I will always try to sit in the seat next to the host. But if I can be secure in who Jesus has made me to be, who he's calling me to be, then I can willingly choose to not sit in the place of honor. This next picture up here is a picture of where we work and where we live. And people think we're a bit off as a family. And and that's okay. You can think that too. I mean, our seventh child is on the way and, and we kind of stand out that way. And we also stand out based on where we live. This is our neighborhood. This is our community. These are the people we love. This area called Kore of 130,000 of the poorest of the poor, the hill you see in this photo is the garbage dump. And this garbage dump became popular just a few months ago. You may have seen on BBC or ABC or CNN about a disaster that happened when there was a landslide and a garbage dump in Ethiopia. And there were 125 people officially killed in that landslide. This is where it was, like right in our backyard. But you know, people ask us, they say, well, don't, aren't you afraid? Don't you, don't you fear that your kids might catch something? And we say, no. I mean, because these are our people. And we can be secure in who Jesus has made us to be and secure in where he has called us to be. A friend recently said to me, he said, he was talking about our family, and he said, you have to understand, he said, your family shows love just because you choose to live here. He said to to me, he said, you could choose to live anywhere in the city. You could choose to live in the wealthy section if you wanted to, but out of a choice, you chose to be here in this slum. Now, for all of us here, you don't have to live in a slum. You don't have to live next to the garbage dump. But rather, just find security in Jesus and where he has planted you to be. Whatever neighborhood he has placed you in, be secure in the fact of who he has made you to be and who he has called you to be and follow him there. We can do this as his people Because of who Jesus has made us through the cross and resurrection. You see, for all who trust in Jesus, 1 Peter chapter 2 becomes true for us. 
I love this translation. It says, God has radically reversed your status. You used to be nobodies, complete rejects, and disgraceful outcasts. But now, you're God's own people, members of his prestigious family. You see, our status is reversed. We used to be rejects and nobodies, but now we are part of God's family. You see, that means the world has nothing to offer us in terms of honor and prestige and success and power because God has already settled it for us. In Jesus, we are honored. We sit in the kingdom places of honor because of what he has done. So we don't need to strive for it here and now. Rather, we can be secure in him and in his kingdom way. The second idea we see here about sitting at King Jesus' table is in verses 10 to 14. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all the other guests, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted, right? The second idea here is we can securely choose the lowest place. Jesus said, choose the last seat and then let the host of the banquet call you up to a better place, to the place of honor. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment having an overinflated ego. You've just been invited to the banquet, to the wedding feast, and you kind of walk in the room, you kind of strut as you walk in, and you think, you know what? I'm the most important person here. So I'm going to take my place because my place is number one at this table. And you have a seat. But then all of a sudden you look at the back of the room and you watch as that person who you know is more successful than you are turns the corner and walks in the room and all of a sudden humiliation sits in because you know that the host is going to have to remove you from the place of honor to make room for the person of greater honor. Now, for us, we might not do this at a banquet, but I believe that most of us do it in some way in life. Recently, I was flying with one of my sons. We were in the Dallas airport and just waiting at the gate, and the flight attendant came over the loudspeaker, and she said, now boarding all business class passengers, will all business class passengers please report to the gate? And in that moment, guess what? Everybody, including my son and I, we were business class passengers. We were actually flying coach. But everybody crowded around the desk, so sure that I should be first on the plane. No, I need to be number one. And humiliated. The flight attendant had to look at all of us and say, if you don't have a business class ticket, you better get over there and sit down. But there's something in us that wants to be number one. We have desires to show off our success and possessions or status symbols. In me-centered advertising that's all around us. Or if you're on Facebook, you know people who do the rants on Facebook that's all about me in this moment. There's a brokenness in us that says I should be number one and I should be in control of my destiny. But Jesus says, choose the last seat and let the host 
say you're number one. Because if we exalt ourselves, we will be humbled. But if we humble ourselves, we will be exalted. That's because it's the Lord who exalts us. You see, with humility comes great blessing. This next picture up here is of a woman whose name is Phiza. This is her little daughter, Kokeb, and she has a son named Ebenezer. And these people, they, they are the poorest of the poor. Phiza is a widow. She was begging on the streets with her son and daughter. Had nothing at all. The kids were malnourished when they came to us. Phiza was deeply traumatized at the loss of her husband. And our staff simply started to love on this family and started to serve them. You see, these people are among the last in line, yet we get incredible blessing when we'll simply humble ourselves and out of humility serve those in need around us and walk alongside of them. In humility, we're called to put our future and our security in our Father's hands. The way forward is humility where I will choose to put others' needs in front of my own desires. I will choose to seek Jesus' will for my life and not my own will. I will put my possessions into His hands for His use rather than trying to fulfill my own cravings and success and security. I will find my security in Him alone, which means doing His work quietly even if that means no one else ever notices. Because the master will exalt us in his way, and it's the only way that truly matters for the kingdom. You see, because he will do it in a way that brings glory to himself rather than bringing glory to me. We want to sit at the king's table of honor, find our security in Jesus alone, securely choose the last seat. Now the last idea, verses 12 to 14. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, now you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The third idea is to invite others to take their place at the table. Jesus' instructions here went totally against the culture. Culture said, invite the most influential people to your party. Gain influence with the powerful and with the wealthy, with the decision makers, with those who are the religious authorities. You see, by them coming to the party, you could expect a payout down the road. They would remember you. This was the model for a successful first century business. But Jesus says here, don't invite these influential people who can repay you. Rather, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the outcast. Invite them in and then listen to this promise that Jesus gives us here. He says, and you will be blessed. Amazing. Those who spend their time making a life here and now are focused on getting the blessing today. We get repaid here and now with the temporary, with possessions, and with a sense of security. 
But Jesus says, invite in the poor and the powerless, and you will be blessed. You see, because they cannot repay us. They cannot make our life more comfortable here and now. But Jesus says to us that God will repay us at the resurrection of the righteous. There's a blessing that comes. We see this in mothers like this next mother up here. This mom is Dashash. This is her son, Salah Amlak. Dashash was begging. She's HIV positive. She was not on her medication. She was hopeless. She was among the outcast. But as she was invited into the banquet, as she was invited into the table, there's an incredible life transformation that started to happen for her and for her son. Another example is this next mom. Her name is Emma Bate, and this is her daughter, Tseganesh. Emma Bade is a young, single mom. She also was on the street begging. Our staff invited her to come to the table, and they started to love on her, and the gospel was shared with her in word and deed in the context of relationship. This mom who had nothing, I want to show you the next picture of her now. This is Emma Bate today. Emma Bate now is her own small business owner. She, she works in this little tiny room. She has her own sewing machine that Embracing Hope was able to buy for her. And she every day makes these beautiful comforters or bedspreads, this thing of beauty that she quilts this amazing pattern on with a sewing machine. She now pays her rent. She now buys food for her family. She now is free to mother her daughter all because of a very simple intervention and because she was invited to the kingdom party. Our staff welcomed her in. But at the same time, there was a family here in the United States that chose to sponsor her who decided to give up a little bit of what they could have, to sacrifice just a little bit in order to see life change happen in somebody else's life so that someone else could respond to Jesus' invitation to the banquet. We see this reordering, though, in other places in God's Word, too. It's a kingdom expectation. You see, as we become honored in God's eyes through Jesus' finished work, there's an expectation that appears. It is that we would resemble our God. We would resemble our King for who He is to those around us. This leads us to two passages um, on the next slide. Galatians 2 is one. We read, they, James, Cephas, and John, agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. Here, Paul is saying, we're going out to plant churches. We're going out to share the good news and word. But you know what Peter remembered and what was in my heart all along is that we would remember the poor is at the heart of what we would do as we shared the gospel. We also see this in Isaiah 1.17. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Take the last seat. Invite in the broken. Stand up for them by resembling our God. Now this is grace for us. That Jesus has 
us to sit at his kingdom table, to fellowship with him, to enjoy the new life that he has called us into. You see, once we were rejects and losers and nobodies and outcasts, but with the free gift of salvation, he welcomed us to sit at the table of fellowship. And let me say this to you, if you're here this morning and you have never responded to that free gift that he has offered to you, the gift of salvation and fellowship and new life in him, please don't leave here without talking to somebody about that salvation that is available to you. But for those of us who already have responded, what should we consider as we sit at the king's table? was to find my security in Jesus alone, to securely choose the lowest place, and to invite others in. But it all really boils down to one question for each one of us. It is, can I trust God enough? This God who in Jesus gave it all so that I could sit at the place of honor in Him. Can I trust Him to determine where I will sit? And who I will invite in. For our family, we've had a great place at this table. We have watched Embracing Hope's program grow. We now have 60 Ethiopian employees who are engaged. We have an Ethiopian leadership team. We are watching as people are walking out of poverty. We love our community. We love our neighborhood. There are so many great things about what we get to do. Yet we felt as if God spoke to us and said, will you trust me enough to take the last seat and invite others in? So our Ethiopian program will continue to thrive and grow in the hands of our nationals. And now our family in January will move to expand the work of Embracing Hope, this time to Istanbul, Turkey, a city of 20, almost 20 million people, a city that is 99.8% Muslim, a place where people are much different than us. But we felt as if the Lord said, can you trust me enough to make this move? So we'll go and we'll live incarnationally in in a poor Turkish neighborhood, loving on our neighbors there, showing Jesus love. And at the same time, reaching out to refugees, there now are 500,000 refugees who call the city of Istanbul home. But you see, this life was never meant to be about our comfort. Rather, it's about the master showing us where to sit at his table and how to invite others in. So my hope today is for every one of us, wherever we live, whoever our neighbors are, whoever we work among, that we would be these kind of kingdom people. People who are never afraid to take the last seat because we're secure in who Jesus has made us to be. And always about inviting those who do not know Jesus, even those who are so different than who we are, inviting them to come and meet our master and to know him deeply. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that you have put the invitation out to us to respond to you. 
We thank you for your death on our behalf, and we thank you that you are raised to life. Jesus, help us to live with that resurrection life in mind. Help us to live lives where we choose the path of humility and we, where we warmly welcome others to come to know who you are. And may you get the glory and may you get the praise. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.